Welcome to the Inside Data Center podcast. I'm Andy Davis, and in this podcast, I will interview the people working in the data center sector and tell their stories. If you are working in the DC sector or you are looking to work in the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Inside Data Center podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jack Harris, who's currently uh, working for FNG on their graduate project management scheme in the critical sector. Hi, Jack. Hi, Andy. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Finally catch each other after Finally, three weeks after of trying. Three weeks, maybe four, <laughs> probably five. <laughs> and then we'll later. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, of course. And the amount of times I thought I'd definitely do it and then we, we didn't we, we didn't quite manage it. But anyway, we're here now. So it's good great to have you on board. I think it's it's really good to get someone from your level to get your perspective of working in the sector and how we can get more people into it. But do you want to just give everyone a quick intro of who you are and what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, sure. So Andy says, uh, Jack Harris, uh, graduate project manager at Faithful and Goulds, uh, part of the overall uh, Atkins and SNC Leveling Group. Um, so I joined FNG back in 2018 as a graduate on the, the graduate project management scheme. Um, I finished Northumbria University, uh, as I say, in 2018. I did three years there, um, did construction project management at uni. Um, kind of fell out of uni and, and had a good understanding of the industry because I've, I worked in engineering since I was 16. So um, really knew what I wanted to do. Um, but I kind of left uni really open-minded going to FNG because FNG is a you know, huge corporation. They cover lots of different sectors, right from you know corporate real estate, commercial development. Um, and then there's a small little sector in there called Mission Critical. Um, and when I kind of started at... Um, at FNG, I was introduced to the, to the sector lead and quickly became really close to him, primarily because we both supported Leeds United. So um, it was, it was a good, yeah, exactly. And, and that was that was a great starting point. But um, when I did join, I, I was told you're going to be working in the, in the mission critical sector. And firstly, I thought, God, I don't want to do that. It sounds scary. I'm, I'm not good enough for that. You know, I've just come out of uni and 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 um, I, I learned more about mission critical and 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 went to work for um, a major bank um, on their capital investment scheme. That introduced me first all, you know, first off to um, critical assets. So working on plant replacement schemes, um, working across their critical buildings where they've got um, trading floors, etc. And introduced me to this world of mission critical. Um, I started to learn more about um, generators started to learn more about UPSs, um, the overall critical systems, um, broader mechanical and electrical systems, um, and then I quickly realised that well, I had a good, um, solid knowledge from university, um, but I quickly found a niche. I found um, I found that you know there was a small team within F and G working on something that was so critical. Um, but the reason why from there, I didn't still really know a lot about data centers. So I was still working on Mission Critical for a couple of months. Um, then I started to really get into to the sector, the overall Mission Critical sector, and started to speak to my my line manager, and who is the sector sector lead also um, for the Mission Critical of F&G about data centers. Um, and then something that is just a blank box um, and then you start reading into it more and, and, and more and more and more and I, and I realized from a real estate perspective this is the future and you know and that's when I got straight into really wanting to, to streamline my career and find my niche. Um, yeah I think it's the old classic by the sound of it that the hidden industry of, of data centers as they say or the secret industry is what you see in a lot of reports that 
nobody yeah. really knows what it is or has any exposure to it until you're in it. Yeah, and I found that the transferable skills that I, I, I mastered over those three months that I was that I was working on the the, um, the capital investment program for the, for the for a major bank is I realised that um, this the experience that I was getting there could be so easily transferred into into the data centre sector. But it still took, you know, a couple of months of reading, following, um, learning more about co-location, learning more about the hyperscale data centers, following lots of content on LinkedIn and, and slowly um, learning more and more. And, 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 you know, when I demonstrated to my to my line manager that I had a, a real passion after only a couple of months that I, I knew that this was the place to be. I knew this was the place to invest my in my skill set and, and, in, and ensure that I was um, you know, learning as much as possible to to really find a place in the, in the, in the sector. Um, I quickly was invited to you know networking events, um, data center world, uh, data center awards evenings, um, and I quickly realised from there that um, it's, a, it's a small small community, um, close knit community, um, and I was quite young in the industry uh, in the sector, um, but. I think after a year, the year and ten months that I've been with FNG, I've stuck to my guns, and I, and now I'm working on all mission critical projects. So I'm working on a, a new build data centre um, in southeast London, which is a really exciting project. Working for a, a company that's got a lot in the pipeline. Um, they a, a developer, a bespoke developer, and and we're working for. Um, uh, the bank again and working for a tech company um, and I've streamlined myself to become a, a mission critical M&E PM um, yeah. which is something when you realize in the industry as well is is one thing that my line manager said you've got M&E skills you've got project management bring them together and and, and it's a great career path. Um, yeah exactly there's always a shortage of of good M&E project managers on the on the consultancy side there is a cross of spectrum but definitely on the consultancy side so yeah you definitely got yourself in a in a nice little niche yeah definitely and and you know that the challenges are you do you are learning two streamlines and trying to bring those together so i'm trying to always ensure that i'm learning about m and um so if it's as i say learning more about generators ups's different tests how we bring those together in a, in a in a critical environment and then also building data centers from a um csa perspective so civil structural and architectural yeah. um, uh, mechanical electrical and, and power and um you know the challenges associated uh, right through the reap stages for example as well uh, site selection um and also uh, the challenges associated with you know where in the world we're having to expand i've seen something the other day where we've got um Amazon wanted to expand into Israel. You, you see all those challenges, and um, but the one thing that has motivated me, motivated me so much over the past couple of months is that how we've stayed res- so resilient in in the, in the pandemic, and uh, we're a small percentage of, of a sector that has survived and, and and grown massively. And I know, Andy, you've you know, I always take great pleasure reading your um, Friday updates. Where you show people my annoying, my annoying updates. <laughs> no, no, you know you. Bring, I think when COVID hit, and after a couple of weeks, you kind of was putting those those updates out. I think you restored a lot of confidence in the, in the people in the industry on our side of the industry, um, knowing that things over the past couple of weeks have just grown and grown and grown, and 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 you've realised that the importance of data centres um, 
during the COVID-19 pandemic. And, um, you know, I did actually write an article about, about that on the um, FNG website. So um, that was really good to, to we'll get some to share insight. That. I'll share that, get that one out there for everyone. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I, I wrote the article and I, on, kind of inspired from what I was seeing from from you and what people were sharing and, and how reports were coming out from, say, Equinix and, and yeah. you know, their financial report came out, I think, um, two months ago, which which showed how well they were doing and all the other... I think and last week you saw with Equinix Digital and uh, Cyrus, Amazon, I think all of them were above forecast for Q2. So yeah. they all obviously end of... Q1, going into Q2, everyone hits panic stations. Not really sure. There's a lot of uncertainty with everything because nobody really knew what was going to happen. So obviously forecasts were amended based on uncertainty. But then now you look at the results and actually the the industry is, is bucking the trend massively. And the results are, a lot of the results are ahead of Q2 last year, which seems crazy yeah, when you yeah, think yeah. of how a lot of industries are struggling at the moment. And also an interesting point to make is the merger and acquisition activity as well. So yeah. I made that point in my uh, in my article is that you've seen a lot of M and A's and and um, which is great because you've got some companies coming into the UK which um, you know see advantage coming into the UK and that creates from a consultancy perspective and from F and G's perspective you know you've got more and more clients coming in. We've got you know we've seen. RFPs come from different DC providers during a time of, of COVID where like, you know, we're getting, we're having to write lots of bids where we're worrying that some consultancies and, and sectors are worrying that they've, they've not got enough work. And I'm, I know I was spending Friday evening writing a, a question for some RFPs and, you know. Yeah, it's, and I, I have that thought process myself as well sometimes because the positivity is really important, but you don't want it to come across like, Oh look, we're all okay here. I know, <laughs> I know you're struggling, but the data center industry is great. But I just personally think it's really important to to get the positive message out there, whatever the message is and whatever it relates to, just to show people that you know, the world is still moving and, and industries are still making money. And like you say, certain divisions of certain businesses have remained very, very busy, and that's not just critical engineering. And whereas others are struggling, but hopefully that will turn around and, and everyone will be back up and up and running fairly soon. Yeah, and, and I think coming from a graduate perspective, you you know, we we went through in 2009, I know when I was, you know, still in high school, but I was, you know, I came from a family of construction and construction background and, and going into um, the recession then, you, you kind of think, that the big worry for me was was all you know i've only been two years into the industry from a graduate perspective um you know certainly there's people with 20 years experience you know being laid off and you know felt so, so lucky to be able to survive it but also flourish and, and have opportunities to you know have uh, fng have given me opportunities to say look jack you know we've got this amazing data center project coming up we really want you to work on it we've got loads of m e projects coming up you know that i'm i'm really busy and you know it's to, I'm so glad that I streamlined myself back, um, you know, at that decision that I made, which, you know, people, when you start as a graduate, they they kind of give you two two pieces of advice, either become a specialist and, and go down that route. And some people will, will, will really promote that. And then other people will say, you know, you should do a bit, bit of this and a bit of that. And, you know, you should get a, a bit of experience from all the different sectors. But I, I was really stuck by my guns to say, nope, I'm, I'm 
I'm doing mission critical. And when you know times do get hard because um, you'd be sat in a meeting and you're only three months out of university and you're trying to understand all this, these Emonian acronyms and and you know processes within the critical environment and you're like, oh my god, you know. I'm going to give up. We're going to go do something easier. That this is this is too hard. This is this is not what I, you know. I'm not going to be able to do it. You know, maybe a year later, I'm not definitely not going to be good enough. And and you know, I, I kept at it, and, and it was great to be in a position now that I'm, I'm an out and out M and EPM, and I'm you know proud of that. It's good. Yeah, and I'm, I'm always quite interested. No, I totally agree as well with your point. I'm always quite interested how people fall into job roles and fall into sectors. Like I always say, I had no no idea what recruitment was until I was a graduate, and because I did sports science, which is pretty useless in in, in all <laughs> other industries, I ended up in recruitment, like a lot of uh, people on my degree course as well. And it's always interesting to see how you how you fall into sectors, and I think. They're one of the points I always try and make is there needs to be more exposure of these careers earlier in the earlier in the education process, really, because I'm sure, like you said, really, you didn't really know what a data center was, what yeah. critical engineering was until you worked in it. And what we need to do is make sure that people know what it is before they're making decisions to do sports science degrees. Yeah, like I, I think that definitely agree i think they that's the thing that i've always been an advocate for construction and engineering and i say i come from a quite proud to come from a background that's that my you know my life has been supported by um construction and and um my family have, have you know at points done well in, in that industry but in terms of how you know promoting mission critical and promoting let's say data centers from i think the crucial age is when you are you are you know a bit of a um, crossroads is is when you're kind of sixteen, um, yeah. you know sixth form and and choosing your options and you know my sister's at that stage now and I'm trying to advise her and and and, and where you go get from there data, and, get her into data center yeah I'll be trying <laughs> and yeah. and I think the way to do it and is to the, the, the when I first started you know working in the mission critical and, and looking at data centers is they're big scary buildings you know you, you they're super complex and th- there's a half of you guys i don't want to go near them because i don't want to even understand it because i know i won't understand it and it, it looks too scary and too complex and from a graduate perspective you're like oh you know that you know if i start going down that route i, I might absolutely ruin my career because you know i'm definitely not going to make it because and, and i think the way to try and promote this is sell it as simple as possible is that the way I try and say it to, to people younger than me or my brother who's who's um, 12 or maybe even my peers who, who you have to explain, you know, what the hell do you do? Um, think about, take Instagram that, every, that the young people use. You know, I always say when you've got that embarrassing picture from 2012 on your Instagram, why is that still there? Why Why can you get that picture so quickly? Where does that picture come from? Where is that picture stored? And then you start going into the cloud and say, well, what is the cloud? And and how, yeah. and, 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 and why do you get so annoyed when your Instagram goes down? And, and what, what makes your Instagram go down? And if you ask those questions, you say, well, and then you, then you can go, well, internet banking or, you know, look at Zoom and, and you start bringing all those things together and say, these are all things that are so important in our life. But no one knows how, or no one even thinks how are they supported? Don't know what is keeping those these things going, and what is keeping the world moving today. And 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 I come back and I say these data centers. And, yeah, exactly. And I then, think on and on, and on Zoom on calls like on this as well. Now it says your data is being stored in a data center in Europe, 
because exactly. everyone everyone panicked when it said China. <laughs> so, they, <laughs> so they quickly changed that to Europe. But uh, yeah, I just think, and, all, and the other one that I always say to people as well is with kids playing on their PlayStations and, and whatever other devices they use now, it does actually say on them that your data is stored in a data center. So at least they know the, the words now. And then some, you know, some of these will ask, What's a data center? You know, it says this is there. What is a data center? And hopefully that will just increase the, the exposure, even at a real remote level. At least that will get the message out there a little bit more. Exactly. And and, and the way I say it is what to see it as well is um, I think if I talk to people, maybe if I step it up and, you know, when I talk to teenagers, maybe in this step it up and say talk to people that may be coming out of university. And then flip it from a you know a bit more of a technical perspective perspective and things as well. Real estate assets, you know, what's going to be the big real estate asset in the future? If you want to make sure your career is still, you know, going great in in ten twenty years and 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 keeping stepping up in your career, you need to stick with something that you you know is going to grow. You know, it's it's like people who would have who would have worked with Facebook ten. 10 years ago or you know whenever it first started and, and keeping staying with that is you know the thing about data centers is we need to understand that they're not going to stop um and they're not going to stop building them and you know it's if we can we're not going to stop our reliance on on technology um we're not going to stop using instagram facebook all the apps youtube kids are going to keep playing games you know trying more and more to get my brothers to stop playing xbox for example and he just keeps playing it and more and more and all these friends you know and conveying that over to people and saying and I'm going to say to sorts of people that coming out of university and saying you know look real estate assets you don't have to necessarily be so come from a technical degree you know but like for me it was construction project management but it wasn't necessarily a, a, an in-depth like electrical or a mechanical yeah. engineering I and that's I think that's a really good point and I've, I've spoken on it on on a couple of other podcasts as well I've spoken to people from a marketing background. I've spoken to somebody from a legal background. I'm really trying to show that not everybody is an electrical engineer because there is that misconception that you have to be an electrical engineer to have a career in data centers. So I think that's a really good point. Yeah, from from my perspective as well, going into consultancy, construction, project management, and you know, I. I I never thought that my degree would take me to this point that I'm not, I am now, you know, and that's not just building either. That's right at the early stages of, of the, the project where you're working and you're looking into the financial deals, you're looking into how you're going to drum up the finance to, to, to build the, the data center and, and the investors and, and, and those early stages and fruits of planning. And then the build part of it is, is, you know, the, the stuff that I kind of did at uni is, is, is what maybe 30 40 percent of it and then you've got all the the critical engineering parts of it and but one thing i would say is if you if you don't come from the technical background i would just say what you know going into an industry that was a bit different motivated me massively to ensure that i keep learning to ensure that i keep reading to ensure that i keep you know on top of what's going on in the industry especially from like say a sustainability point of view listening to podcasts listening to podcasts yeah exactly (laughs) and 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 reading the articles that everyone shares and you know i think sustainability is is one way you know you've got um different sort of plant coming out you know i've seen stuff with hydrogen fuel cells um and then uh, they've been rejected by a lot of people and there's a lot of negative comments about those but you know i think with sustainability for example it keeps you reading it keeps you um you know mind ticking over and 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 that's what i love about the industry is that it as well 
projects are getting bigger and you know that that's what's really cool as well knowing that the data centers that you know that's the one that that i'm working on as well is is you know it's, it's huge and and it's, only, it's, it's got phase one and a phase two and then you look yeah. at um what's going on in the nordics the, the size of those hyperscale data centers and and you know for example facebook's in denmark it's you know it's it's amazing so what what you've got to work on the challenge the project type of projects you get to work on is you know it's huge so definitely, no, it's definitely a, yeah it's definitely rapidly evolving and rapidly changing it's, it's we, as a business we work in other sectors and i'm always amazed at how sectors don't really evolve at the times so they're not very dynamic I've, I've been doing recruitment for about 20 years i think around that anyway and um construction industries pretty much the same as it was when I started. You know, there's yeah. not a lot, there's not a lot different. You're having the same conversations with candidates you were having sort of 15, 20 years ago. Whereas the data center just has something different about it. The people in it are, I think, a lot more determined to make a change, a lot more determined to make a difference. And the, the individuals that work in the industry are a lot more dynamic, I think. They, they really think differently to some of the other yeah. industries and probably saying something negative about in a roundabout word about roundabout way about other industries but i do really think that this industry is is working together to, to genuinely improve things along sustainability along building regs along design etc they're, they're always looking at the next step what can we do next what can we do better yeah i think it's funny as well because when i think one um I wasn't the best documentary in my eyes, but one documentary that caught my eyes is the one that was on BBC. Yeah, and I yeah. think that, um, you know, from our perspective was in terms of sustainability, it, that was quite, um, the word is, it's a bit irritating because, you know, the industry's working so hard to, to ensure we're sustainable as possible. And we're looking at right from your Googles that are bringing out, you know, artificial figures ai software um and then you've got the you know co-location providers that every, everyone's working together to ensure as sustainable as possible and and you know lots of imposed planning conditions from the local authorities and we'll always ensure that we're meeting those in terms of sustainability and you know the industry does is working super hard to come together and if i say always from a graduate's perspective is that we'll try and you know advise and help as much as possible from from our ideas and what maybe we learn we've learned from from the new generation yeah a lot of people a lot of clients i speak to have said exactly that as well that they want new younger people into the industry to come with those ideas to bring different different ways of thinking around sustainability also around the design of buildings to just come up with new ideas and when people of your generation get to the level, you know, CEO level or, or whatever level it is higher up in the industry, you, you'll you be the ones that are, that are changing the industry. So those new ideas will get brought through and that, that's definite. I think there's a demand for it as well. People want it, which is good. Yeah, I think I think us coming through and, and changing it, I think the craziest thing is though, is I, I do very much feel almost alone as as the you know i'm say i'm two years out of university i'm I'm 24 and i feel like in terms of young people working in the industry and and, and it would be good maybe to in terms of a young person's networking for data centers because i haven't actually met any other i know one or two people that work in the industry that are similar age to me but i don't know any out and out mission critical pms um maybe qs's as a few more but it's it's interesting to see that 
you know, I'm sure when I'm sure from your side as well, when you when you're trying to recruit from from a young perspective, is that maybe try and find someone that maybe an intermediate project management role or quantity surveyors or you know engineer um, that finding those those people that are early at university. And, and, and young people is that probably a real challenge and I, yeah I, I think and also it goes back to a point you said earlier I think the, I totally agree it is a real challenge and we definitely need to do something and I was going to say a young person's network I think is a brilliant idea and maybe that's something we can work out how to do it but I think the the issue is a lot of businesses bring them in in a mixed role which basically goes back to the point you said where they don't necessarily specialise, so they don't bring them yeah. in as a data centre, project engineer, project manager, QS. They bring them in as a QS, and you might spend three months working on a data centre project, then three months on a commercial project, or, or whatever it may be, where the industry really needs to push people into it. And I actually, think, agree, yeah. I actually think if they did, people would stay in it and people would enjoy it, because rarely do you speak to... Uh, young guys or young girls or, or anybody in the industry that wants to change sector. No, mm. I think of going and changing now. <laughs> Whereas if you talk to someone that's on commercial, you know, I'd be quite interested in working on a more technical project. You know, it's, it's a natural sort of progression. So if they can get them in at the younger, at the younger level and at entry level, I think they can keep them in it. And maybe the push needs to be from a client's perspective to, put them into that, you know, data center role or critical engineering role and not give yeah. them the opportunity to move them around the business a bit. I think it would be good from a, a consultancy perspective as well and and, and, and contractors uh, when they are when they are hiring in for the graduate schemes is that, you know, see, you know, see who see who's out there who would fancy going into into data centers from from the word go. And you know, when they are hiring for their graduate schemes, you know, it would be it'd be great if if we could. I think that's one challenge that I probably didn't. Sorry, one opportunity that I didn't mention before is that when when you do apply, say, for your graduate schemes, if there was, um, you know, a specialism already there, and, yeah. and 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 see how that worked, and see maybe it wouldn't because as, again, it's very hard to find out. The, the challenge you've got with the industry is very secretive. You know, for example, when when you put on your CV, you quickly realise you yeah the secret you, industry. What projects yeah, you, you work? What projects you work on? I can't tell you. Yeah, you know, private client, private client. It, it it's not the easiest when you're trying to market maybe your um, you know, market your sector to 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 your. Funny market. you say that as well because the, the latest I don't know if you've seen it yet, but the latest Uptime Institute report, uh, which they, I'll send it to you, but it came out yesterday or this week anyway. And one point they raised in it was that it's still deemed as an invisible industry by young people, yeah. which is exactly what you're, what you're saying. Yeah. Would, when you were at university and you're obviously at the point where you're looking for a graduate role, would companies come into the university to see you or would you go and apply to them? Or? Yeah, so I, I went to a, a lot of career fairs um, and I was really motivated to try and find myself, I want to get a graduate scheme. Um, was really keen to get onto a graduate scheme, especially one of the big consultancies. Um, I was really keen to go into consultancy as I had a bit of a, a kind of a contractor background before when I was when I was engineering, um, but I was really keen to go into consultancies. But the, a lot of the marketing for the consultancies was your big, nice commercial schemes. You know, they're always number one and 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 uh, big CRE projects, um, and then you've got your utilities and and transport projects and. 
you wouldn't really, you know, if you that it'd be interesting. I've never actually done a careers fair since I've since I've graduated, and it would be interesting to to try and sell that and and what response I would get from. Yeah, and I think, and also graduates. again, yeah, exactly, and also again, I think surely that if you're recruiting graduates for your data center team, your commercial team, your resi team, for example, you go as three options. Yeah. Not one broad brush. Oh, yeah, we do data centers and all oh, we do commercial. Because then someone like yourself might be naturally attracted to the, the data center side of it. Someone yeah. else naturally attracted to the resi. It's, uh, it seems to me that the message is a bit broad brush with, with graduates and entry level. Do an apprenticeship, do a graduate, become a project manager, become an engineer. But not become an engineer in this sector or a project manager in this sector. Yeah, and that's where I would, I would another opportunity which would be good is kind of just sell as much as I can. The reason, the, the, the motive and the reason why I was so, um, you know, enthusiastic and so motivated to, be, to become um, a specialist in the sector was because of the growth and I knew that the growth was there and, and you know, it's not going to stop and that's what excited me so much is thinking that if you can prove yourself now and prove yourself and work you know work your socks off to basically become this out and out data center pm you look at how you project it as to how amazon's grown over the past x amount of years you project how much google and facebook have grown these are the guys at the end of the day we can't argue they're 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 the, the major players in the industry and they're the guys driving the growth you look and benchmark that and then you project it for the next 10 years, you know, and you think, well, where am I going to be 15, 20 years? If, if those guys have done that, you know, where, where's your career going to go if you follow that growth? Yeah, and he said, if you, if you, if you follow that journey, you're going, you're, you're only going to follow that journey and, and enjoy that growth with them. So yeah, I think you can definitely like expedite your career in data centers. And I say it all the time and people probably get bored of me saying it, but you can be a project manager for two years and become a project director on a, mm. on a large data center project. If you're very good, obviously, but you can't do that in other sectors. You just, there's not the opportunity because the people are already there, there's incumbents in those positions. There's people that have been doing it for years. Whereas in the data center sector, there is a massive shortage of people. There's an increasing amount of projects. Therefore they need people like you and like others to step up and step up quickly in order for the, them to then develop further and progress and advance as a business. Yeah. And I think, I think as well, businesses, you know, have to thank F and G and their business model. I have to thank, especially my, um, my sector lead and my line manager is that um, a lot of business models, maybe across other companies quite rigid um, with F and G. I was kind of quite lucky that I did have that flexibility and, and I had that, um, that opportunity to say, look, you know, I want to do this and this is what I want to do and these are the projects that I want to work on. And I was given that and that again has hopefully companies can follow suit in terms of, you know, if they do decide to sectorize and, you know, without telling their graduates, is that right, you're going to work in this sector. Um, hopefully they can, they can let, let graduates as well see what they want to do and 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 that's what the opportunity is now and then i had you know i've been able to stick to that since so there's, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of bits and bobs that 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 need to be um addressed um and i believe it definitely can work we just don't want to get to a point where you know we have too much of a major skills gap and and and, and i think i'd like to see myself when i do get to say a project director role that is going to be 
my major challenge maybe when I'm when I'm older is that maybe when I'm heading up a team, you know, you know how how could how good is the team, how qualified is the team going to be? Because are we going to keep getting to a point where where the the skills gap is going to get get worse? I, I don't know. It, it, it's a risk. Um, I think it's always a hard one to say. Yeah, there's a, there's obviously a big skills gap now. There's a lot more. A lot more of the clients we work with will now consider people from other sectors that want to move into data, which is a good idea. If you look in the right areas, there are some really good people that you can transfer over. Uh, and a lot of clients are investing a lot more in getting new people into the industry, but it's not going to be enough. There will always be a shortage. On, and there always, there always will be, yeah, in construction generally, there's a big shortage. I think as well, I think I, I could imagine, you know, if I did say I was someone that maybe worked on, you know, rail or nuclear for 10 years and I transferred to data centres, I think it would be a challenge. I think it would be tough. I think if, if you know, again, I'm lucky that I've had, um, in terms of being a graduate, a lot of people are very, very open to teaching you. So, you know, for example, the, the client that I'm working with at the moment will, because he knows that I'm a graduate and he knows that I'm, you know, keen to learn, he will spend the time and a lot of other clients that I've worked with spend time and obviously F and G team and others teaching you because you yeah. know you're lucky that you've got that graduate title in your name. So people, you know, this industry is a good one that you know that there are people out there that will take the time to teach you. I can imagine yeah. if you are someone as a project manager and you're going straight onto a project, people are going to go right. You're a project manager. I want you to, you know, crack on. Basically, you know, you're the leader. Whereas a graduate, see you, on Friday, yeah. see you Friday. One thing I was going to say as well is about, which you've covered yourself, is about having that mentor, having that person, which it sounds like you've got, you know, multiple people have helped you along the way, but people within the industry sharing their experience. And that's something that most people I speak to are really keen to do it. And I think it's, it's all right being keen to do it, but people need to get out there and, and actually do it. And, and we can do that as an industry by sharing more information, you know, going to universities, starting a young person's data center network, you know, why to, to me that, why isn't there one of those, you know, surely that's something that one of the big players could invest in and, and benefit significantly from doing yeah, that. Yeah, massively. I think, and you know, that one of the challenges that you, you do get to when, you know, do, I really enjoy going to networking events, and, and I've been, you know, lucky enough to to meet some some major people from from major companies and, and and get my name out there. But they are daunting, you know. You are. I'm always the youngest person in the room, and yeah. um, and that. Can I be always quite... think as well with those networking events is they're obviously very good for what they are, but at the end of the day, they're they're set up to do deals, to do business, and the people yeah. there are there to do business and do deals, which is, that's what they should be there for. The one issue I had with when I decided to start this podcast was because a lot of the podcasts are interviewing owners of developers in data center, which is great and that's in, that's useful. But people want to know the more day to day stories of how people got into it. And yeah, how they can yeah, I agree. And I think it's the same with networking events. Networking events don't have to have a a sale at the end of it. They can just be about sharing information and sharing knowledge. And it's, it's hard to create events that are like that rather than why, you know, if I set one up, for example, people would just think, oh, it's because you want clients to come so you can recruit for them. Everyone always thinks there's an ulterior motive. I think it takes someone from within the industry to set one up, which is genuinely a roundtable, information sharing, have a chat, 
and see where we go. It's definitely yeah, I think I think it's like this is this is an example of something that that works. I think because you, you come and you chat, you know, I don't have to prove my knowledge. I don't have to prove myself as it's in an interview, or I don't yeah, have exactly. to try and sell myself or sell my my product or my services. I can just say, and hopefully this this will get you know a lot of wider and people will pick this up, and it might trigger a few thoughts um and and how we can improve the industry and it's all good stuff you know nothing it, it's it's all great stuff and it's all proactive and, it, and, it, and it's what we need and and i think it's great and i think yeah i would really enjoy just going to a networking event and lots of people from lots of disciplines um who are all somewhat connected to the industry where i can learn and and, and maybe and and ultimately you create good connections and without even thinking that helps business as well because you know in the future you've, you've established that connection and and they might come to you and you might go to them and, and without even going from a sales perspective i think it naturally w- would happen and you have that connection so i definitely think the industry would, would benefit from that and it would be nice to see it if not i could maybe suggest it along the way to someone if if anybody of that caliber who could who could make the change if from one of the major players could, could I'm, right, I'm right yeah i'm writing a to-do list i think we've got create a young person's networking event create a networking event. Yeah. <laughs> i think i think we, maybe we should just just do it when, when we're allowed to, to meet again we can yeah uh, exactly I, I, i'd be i'd be quite happy to facilitate a, a meeting of people in london for yeah, yeah. A, few, a few drinks and a chat there's no it, it i think what, what what i've got and where i can benefit the industry is a lot is a is a, a more cross network basically i talk to a lot more people in the industry because that's part of our role so it's easier for us to get messages out to a mass market which is yeah and the cross, the cross network, us. I think, I think it's that cross of yeah, people's graduate roles and people, and maybe above, you know, project managers who are who are you know maybe junior project managers, intermediate project managers, and you know, and QSs and and, and the like um, across the industry would be great, and and that, that, and it's just interesting to see maybe other people's roots into the, into the market and other people's roots and and what their what the plans are, and you know, because. You, you can sometimes be mistaken to think that everyone f- thinks the same as yourself. Um, yeah, exactly. No, and I think it's easy to sort of live in your own little bubble as well, isn't it? And just assume that everybody else is thinking the same as you when, when most yeah. of the time they're not. And I also think people are a lot more open to information and ideas than, than they let on. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, it's been really good to chat. I think we've... Uh, gone on for for long enough now and the ice cream vans just turned up here (laughs) for some strange reason on a business parking in the middle in the middle of the Hampshire countryside had a a quiet day but there's um there's one question I ask everybody just before we we wrap up just to get just to get your your ideas really and that is uh, if there's one piece of advice you could give to people looking to work in the data center sector what would it be um I would say lots and lots of research um there's lots of content out there make sure as i say because it's um a closed industry and and you might see that do lots of reading you'll quickly learn a lot about it um and stay motivated and keep tabs on the future because you know the way it's only going up so you know that's what definitely want to say yeah totally agree and, and hopefully i think this podcast will be really beneficial to somebody that's probably at uni and having that thought process at the moment of what they do next and if if we can get one person to make the decision to join the sector, then you know we, we've achieved something by having this conversation. And that's the way I look at all these conversations. If if one person listens to it and gets value from it, then then we we we've benefited. And 
And obviously, we'll uh, we'll catch up at our young person's data centre network event. Exactly, I'm looking <laughs> later, forward to it later this year in London. But I really appreciate your time today, Jack, and I say no hopefully that's really beneficial, and we'll catch up again soon. Perfect. Thank you very Cheers, much, Andy. Jack. Cheers. Cheers.